Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey friends, my name is Laura Adams and I wanna thank you for downloading the show and spending some time with me today. If you're new here, I'm an award-winning personal finance author who's been hosting Money Girl since 2008. I'm also the author of several books, including Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. And I work with select brands as an on-camera PR spokesperson, consumer advocate, and multimedia creator. Here on Money Girl, my mission is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. So if you like what you hear, please take a second to subscribe. Even better, leave a five-star rating or review. That's a really easy way to give back to the show if you're getting value from the free content I love giving you here. As always, you can leave a comment or a money question by calling 302-364-364. 0308 to leave a voice message. And if you don't want your voice on the show, that's okay. A lot of people will leave a message, but just tell me that they'd prefer to to be anonymous. You can also send me an email using my contact page at lauradadams.com. Since there's been so much in the news lately about a potential recession, on top of rising inflation, stock market volatility, and interest rate hikes, This show will cover seven steps to protect your finances if you're feeling a little uneasy about the economy right now. And even if there isn't a recession, quote-unquote recession-proofing your finances is an excellent way to strengthen them and ease the impact of any future hardship. There are different definitions of a recession. However, most economists agree that it's a period of declining economic performance that lasts for at least several months. And since the 1940s, we have had a recession in the United States about every five years. And when we have them, they typically last for less than a year. So while recessions are not good because they can cause wages to shrink, workers to get laid off, and stock prices to tumble, they are a normal part of economic cycles. That said, we're not officially in a recession, and I don't believe one is coming in the short term. So I even hesitate titling this show anything that has to do with a recession because uh, I don't want you to assume that we are in a recession because we are not, and there is not one, uh, you know, in the near term. Since we currently have a low unemployment rate, workers are earning money, and the labor market should remain strong. 
That actually makes it a perfect time to prepare your finances so you are as resilient as possible for any unexpected challenges. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we don't know what could be around the corner, right? So I'd like you to consider following the seven steps that we'll cover here to boost your financial well-being and give you more peace of mind. So the first step is to create a net worth statement. If you're feeling uneasy about your finances at any time, the first place to start is genuinely assessing where you are, what's going on with your finances right now. And the best way to understand your financial health is to create a net worth statement, which I call a personal financial statement or PFS. It centralizes your entire financial life so you clearly see your strengths and your weaknesses and, you know, some areas that you may need to improve. You can create your PFS using paper, a software program, or a computer spreadsheet. Figuring out your net worth isn't difficult. It just takes a little time to gather and accurately record all your information. So what you do is you list and add up all of your assets and your liabilities. When you subtract your total liabilities from your total assets, the resulting number, whether it's positive or negative, is your net worth. And so going through this process of creating or even updating your PFS is just very helpful because it allows you to get the big picture of your finances. So when you create it, you're going to list out all of your assets first. These are the things that you own that have real value, such as real estate, cars, jewelry, electronics, cash in the bank, investments, retirement accounts, or, you know, anything else you may own, such as you know, a collection of antiques, anything that's got value. Your liabilities are outstanding debts, such as mortgages, car loans, student loans, credit cards, personal loans, etc. So if you've got a home worth $400,000, but you owe $350,000 for the mortgage, you would list both of those. You'd list the home and with the market value of $400,000 as your asset. And then under the liability section, you would list your mortgage with that $350,000 liability. It's a good idea to update your PFS yearly and see if your net worth is higher, lower, or the same as last year. Higher net worth is great. It means you've either increased your assets, decreased debt, or both. However, if your net worth declines from one year to another, it's likely that your debt has gone up, so you may want to make a goal to eliminate or reduce your debt. All right, the second step is to create a budget or what I call a spending plan. So after looking at the big picture of your finances by creating or updating your PFS, the next step is diving into the details of your cash flow by creating or reviewing your budget. And I prefer to call it a spending plan because I think it just sounds less restrictive. So this plan is going to list out your sources of income, your major expense categories like housing, food, insurance, and transportation, and also include your goals, such as emergency savings and retirement account contributions or anything else you're saving for. You can create a spending plan manually on paper or a computer spreadsheet, but there are some terrific budgeting apps such as Mint 
and Quicken that will automatically import your financial transactions from bank accounts and credit cards. That makes it really easy to set and track your budget or spending plan each month. The idea is to get very familiar with your expenses, cut unnecessary costs, and be sure you're allocating money to reach your goals. You may be surprised by how much you spend on goods and services you could live without. For instance, do you really need an expensive gym membership or so many streaming services and subscription boxes? Could you shop local or online secondhand stores for pre-owned clothing, furniture, and household items? That's a great way to save. If you're living beyond your means or just spending mindlessly, it's time to correct those bad financial habits now so you'll be better off during any bad times down the road. A good rule of thumb is to allocate 50% of your net or your after-tax income for essential expenses. So these are things you have to have like housing, food, healthcare, insurance, and transportation. You wanna limit discretionary expenses such as dining out and entertainment to 30% of your income. And the remaining 20 would be for savings such as 10% for retirement contributions and 10% for building an emergency fund. Now, certainly you can massage those percentages just based on your needs, but the idea is to, you know, at least put about half of your income toward your, uh, your essential expenses. Okay, the third step to recession-proof your finances is to shore up your emergency fund. So speaking of that emergency fund, how much cash do you have and how long would it sustain you? Studies have shown that fewer than half of Americans could cover a $1,000 unexpected expense. If that's you or you're just starting from scratch building an emergency fund, consider allocating more of your budget for a cash reserve, such as 15% instead of the 10% that I previously mentioned. While everyone should have a healthy emergency fund, It's even more essential to have one during a recession. A good rule of thumb is to keep at least three to six months worth of your living expenses in an FDIC-insured high-yield savings account. And if you really want to be prepared, bump that amount up based on your and your family's needs. If your work is in a unstable industry or, you know, you've got lots of people in your family to care for, Maybe you need 12 months worth of living expenses on hand. Having enough money at your fingertips for emergencies should never be considered a luxury. Building a reserve should be a top priority so you're never backed into a financial corner. Plus, I can tell you from experience, it gives you incredible peace of mind that can also eliminate money stress. Just make sure your cash stays safe and liquid. So what I mean is that you don't want to invest your emergency money or lock it up in a bank certificate of deposit or CD that would penalize you if you need to access it. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, 
and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, the fourth step is to pay down high-interest debt. Once you've got a handle on your expenses and you've got some emergency savings, take a hard look at your debt, especially accounts charging high interest, such as credit cards. And I recommend putting that information in your PFS. So you may have a column for your outstanding balance and then another column for the interest rate that you're paying. That will help you prioritize debts. And in general, I recommend starting from the highest interest debts down to the lowest interest debts because the highest interest debts are costing you the most. So tackling them that way, you know, may be a good strategy for you. But having fewer liabilities can definitely take the pressure off if your pay gets cut or you lose your job or business income during an economic downturn. And it can also be the key to living within your means if you tend to overspend. And if you need help creating a debt payoff plan, I created a detailed course that's called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever. And it teaches multiple strategies to reduce and eliminate any debt you owe, such as credit cards, mortgages, and student loans. And you'll find a link to it in the show notes. You can also visit lauradadams.com to find a link to that course. And it goes uh, very in-depth into a lot of different strategies for getting rid of debt. So I would encourage you to take a look at that if you have been struggling with debt. All right, the fifth step to recession-proofing your finances is to have the right insurance. A critical part of healthy finances is buying insurance to protect you from various financial risks. So in addition to having money in the bank, 
having insurance is one of the best ways to protect your finances in uncertain times. So I'm going to go through some policies you may need or should carefully review if you already have them to ensure that you've got enough coverage. So the first is health insurance. This is just essential for maintaining both your physical and your financial health, even if you are young and healthy right now. You know, a quick trip to the emergency room for an illness or a broken bone could leave you with substantial medical bills. Being uninsured and having a serious health condition could be financially devastating. And depending on your income and family size, you may be eligible for reduced premiums by shopping the federal or state marketplace. You can start at healthcare.gov. The next coverage you should take a look at is disability insurance. This is an often overlooked financial safety net. And according to the Council for Disability Awareness, one in four of today's 20-year-olds will have an injury or illness causing a long-term absence from work before they retire. And when a long-term disability occurs, the average absence from work is more than two years that could be incredibly devastating to your finances. A disability policy replaces a portion of your income, such as 60 or 70%, if you can't work due to a covered accident, illness, or injury. So it allows you to keep up with bills and meet your living expenses. Remember that health insurance only pays a portion of covered medical expenses. It doesn't cover your living expenses like housing, food, or debt payments if you can't work due to a health problem. So get as much disability coverage as an employer offers and supplement it on your own when needed with an individual policy. Also, life insurance is critical when your death would cause financial hardship for anyone you leave behind, like a spouse, partner, or kids. They can be set up as beneficiaries and receive a payout after your death. Now, if you're single or no one depends on your income, you either need a minimal policy just for funeral expenses or none at all. But if you've got a stay-at-home spouse who cares for your children, you also need a policy on their life to cover any future childcare costs. All right, in addition to those policies, homeowners insurance is required by mortgage lenders to protect their financial interest in your property until it's paid off. It pays claims to repair your home after a covered event, like a fire, hail, or windstorm. Plus, it covers a certain amount of your personal belongings, such as furniture, electronics, clothes, jewelry, and it also covers liability if you get involved in a lawsuit. So you want to make sure you've got enough homeowner's insurance to protect you. But if the market value of your home were to decline in a recession, you want to be sure that you're not overinsured. You know, you want to have enough coverage to rebuild your home after a disaster, but you don't want to overpay for coverage if the market and building costs go down due to a, you know, an economic downturn. And renter's insurance is a very underutilized coverage because most renters don't buy it, unfortunately. Note that your landlord does not insure your possessions or your liability. So having a renter's policy is an excellent way to limit future risk. It's also very inexpensive. It costs less than $200 a year on average across the United States. 
And remember that if you lose your job during a recession, any employer-provided insurance benefits typically end the next month, unless you opt for COBRA continuation coverage for any existing medical, dental, and vision plans. Okay, the sixth step is to secure or increase your income. If the economy goes downhill, one of the best ways to recession-proof your finances is to ensure your income remains as steady as possible. Are there ways to become indispensable at work so when an employer decides to downsize, you're the person they can't do without? You might consider investing in your career. For instance, if you've always wanted to get an MBA or become a real estate agent, pursuing that education or a new skill set now can make you more valuable in an economic downturn. You can add an extra source of income now by starting and growing a side business. My latest book that I mentioned, Money Smart Solopreneur, is an A to Z guide for anyone who wants to build a business and financial security. Maintaining strong connections with others in your field could also set you up for success in a more competitive job market or help you find potential customers if you become self-employed. All right, the seventh and final step for recession-proofing your finances is to continue investing. Once you have emergency savings and you're adequately insured, making regular contributions to tax-advantaged retirement accounts at work or on your own is a surefire way to build wealth and simultaneously cut taxes. When the economy goes south, Many people make the mistake of stopping investing for the future because they think they just can't afford it anymore. While it's easy to get spooked by market volatility, it should never keep you from investing. If you stop investing or you cash out existing accounts when the financial markets take a dive, what you're doing is locking in losses. In fact, when stock and fund prices go down, That's the time you should be investing. You should be buying. So to maintain emotional objectivity, no matter what's going on with the economy, I recommend dollar cost averaging, which simply means investing a set amount each month or each week, no matter if prices are increasing or decreasing, and selecting a diversified portfolio based on your age and goals. And what that means for young investors is that you're probably going to need mostly stock or growth funds. And if you're approaching retirement, you're going to want a split of cash, growth, and income funds to limit your risk. Just be sure to never invest money in a retirement account that you might need for everyday expenses before the official retirement age of 59 and a half. Taking early withdrawals typically comes with a 10% penalty, in addition to income tax on amounts that were not previously taxed. So once you put money in a retirement account, you want to really forget about it. You want to think about it as being something you're not going to touch until you need to take withdrawals in retirement. All right, following these steps to prepare for a downturn when times are good will alleviate stress and worry about a potential recession. It's always a good time to reevaluate your financial situation and improve what you can. So I hope the show has been helpful if you've been worried about a potential recession, and I'd love to hear from you if you have questions or comments. You can connect with me on Twitter, 
at Laura Adams or Instagram at Laura D. Adams. And as I mentioned, lauradadams.com is my personal site where you can use my contact page and learn more about my work, books, and money courses. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.